Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Welcome back. I am Molly Smith, your host. I want to remind you all that our program is available for download. You can do so by going to our website from themedian.org. Listeners, as always, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for joining us. Reminding you, of course, you can pass this program on if you are listening to it on the radio right now and you think, oh, this is a great program. Pass it on to all your friends and family by using your favorite podcast. You can just go to From the Median and download it. And you're going to love this one because our guest right now, thank you, thank you so much, Sister Didi. Sister Didi Burns is joining us again and we're going to be talking with her about all kinds of important things, could possibly, dangerous things, but also I think very wonderful things that are happening in America. So Sister Didi Burns is a religious sister with the Little Workers of the Sacred Heart. She's also a former U.S. Army colonel. She's known for her very bold witness to the pro-life movement, especially to use a Asia. And she's calling on all of us, all of us to just take a step back and think about the environment that we're all living in. But before we go any further, Sister Didi, thank you so much for joining us. Molly, for having me. I really appreciate this time with you. You know, Sister Didi, I had seen an article in LifeSite News about the things that you are encouraging us to do as pro-lifers, as, as just as basic human beings. And it was just like, wow, I've got to get Sister Didi back on the program again. Because a lot of what you said just resonated so much with me and with us in Ohio as we fight this battle against this diabolical constitutional amendment that the ACLU and Planned Parenthood are putting out there. So, you know, one of the things that I thought I'd love to ask you about is, firstly, number one, what got you into this battle, this fight? I mean, you know, Catholic nuns are are just in, they've got so many different things out there that they're looking at, but you have been able to encapsulate everything that is Catholic into your pro-life battle. How did you get involved in that? I think um, I have to blame myself, my big mouth, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, you know, the other, you know, I, you know, we had to really be careful how we pray um, because God will hear our prayers as feeble, especially as feeble as my prayers have been. And I was just um, in the chapel, you know, this happened right before the election with President Trump and and um, Biden, and I was very much afraid about what was going to happen with the pro-life movement in another four years with President Trump. And I was in the chapel just praying and asking the Lord to let me be his voice um, for life. And I was thinking more at the ground, you know, the grassroots level, um, which is what I'm doing now anyhow, but mainly speaking and praying in front of abortion mills and continuing my work with the abortion pill reversal. But a few hours after that little prayer, very weak prayer, uh, the White House, Trump's White House called me and asked if I would speak at the Republican National Convention after that. And I said, well, could I speak on the sanctity of life? And, you know, that RNC event was very much like a Catholic prayer vigil, you know, with singing Ave Maria at the end and having wonderful speakers like um, Abby Johnson, Nick Sandman, wonderful pro-lifers. 
And I am, um, and so that's how I ended up getting sort of elevated to a, a more noticeable level of um, speaking. And then I ended up being invited to many fundraising events for assisting pro-life um, pregnancy centers, which I really, really um, enjoyed. Uh, my first one was with the El Paso folks in Texas in December of um, 20, I guess 2020, if I remember correctly, now right after the election. Uh, and it was, um, it's been a joy to be able to uh, just speak with people. And all during this time, we've had, we went through this COVID, what I call a COVID cataract, where people were fearful and blinded, mm-hmm. and people still are to this day. Um, and it depends on who you listen to, what you read, to, to see whether you are, um, you know, able to fight the good fight or you're going to, you know, huddle in your home and, and be fearful. Mm-hmm. And sadly, I mean, I just got off a phone, a phone out with a woman in Boston who, she's not Catholic, but she won't go to church because people, quote, don't wear a mask. Oh, my um, God. She's had several vaccinations. And, and I said, well, you know, I told her I was really sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. She got so many. So that's sort of how it is expanded to um, speaking to people at, at different at different venues around the country and seeing how so many are just going through some difficult times. Absolutely. And the, you know, the devil has has really tried to play havoc um, within with family life and with our church life. Um, and so uh, we have to fight back. But the best way I felt, and I, and I try to live it myself, is that we have to fight on our knees praying. Yeah, exactly. Because it's only through our, our Lady and our Lord that's going to help, you know, Absolutely. combat this. And, and really to take away the fear of of death or fear of injury or um, that has to go away because that's not of our Lord that's of Satan that's exactly and so that's what I try to try to share and I try to live it myself you know our community uh, we have adoration um, in our little house here has it uh, two to three times a day because we also were like a semi-nursing home um, but worldwide we're a daily adoration um, daily mass and I try to go to confession every week to to keep that slate pure and, and try to because the best way for us to see as Christ would see is when our our lens are clear and free of all the smudge of sin. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, so that's sort of what I've been doing. Yeah, you know, it, it, interestingly enough, you used a wonderful analogy in in the your your presentation um, that I read about in, in the LifeSite News. Um, you used the fact that we have to stay in a state of grace. I mean, that's going to be the first one. And you use the analogy of the airline. When we get onto an airline and we go through that safety drill that, that everybody continues to read their books and nobody really listens to it anymore. <laughs> that's funny. But that's exactly where we're at. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it, it is very true. And you, I mean, you mentioned there that you were sort of a little bit astounded when you first heard that about the fact that if you doesn't matter who you've got around, you put your mask on first. If you, we are going into free fall and we need to use your oxygen marks, put yours on first. And you said it, was, it seems to be very selfish. 
And you know, it's, tell us a little bit about that because that was like, wow, bang on the side of the head. You know, for me, it was like, wow, it's amazing. It's just, it's just, you know, before we can help others, we have to help ourselves before we can, you know, we have to, we cannot give what we don't have. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as you said, is, is if the plane loses compression, we don't have the oxygen that we need. Um, I have to first get myself you know, put the mask on, get myself oxygenated, then I can reach around and take care of anyone who's nearby me. Um, and that's what God also wants us to just take care of the person next to us and try not to um, try to save the world all at one time. Mother Teresa said that when she was um, in in um, Lebanon and there was a house, like a hospital full of young children with severe disabilities. And when the American ambassador said, I'm going to help you, but, you know, this is, seems a little bit daunting. She said, let's just take one child at a time, that's one right. child at a time. So that's what I, you know, we can only try to go to the person to my right and my left. And they, and it's sort of like a, a, a you know, something that would help, like a domino effect of mm-hmm, have others mm-hmm. do the same to the right and to their left. Mm-hmm. So, um, so. Once we have that oxygen and I'm able to breathe more freely, I can then help others to breathe breathe freely. I'm no good if I'm collapsed on the chair. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. uh, Asphyxiated. So. Exactly. You know, and and it's an interesting thing. Um, one of the things that I that 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 we've got to 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 look at, and, and you you mentioned again in your in the article that you know the first thing we have to do too is to is to um, to seek holiness with humility. That is a very very hard thing to do. <laughs> it is for me anyway. You know, yes. seeking holiness with humility. What does that mean? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was just reading something today or listening to something today about that in the scriptures. And I, I have it on my phone, so I can't look at it because I'm talking to you on the phone. But <laughs> um, maybe I can, when you're talking, I can glance real quickly at the scripture verse. But basically, um, God works best through the childlike, the, the, the innocent mm-hmm. ones. You know, he, he, when he appeared, he mainly appeared to children. Our, our Lord, our Blessed Mother, appeared to children um, because their their soul is so pure and so simple, and um, so that's where we have to kind of maintain that simplicity because and humility because he can he can reach us more clearly that way I believe, and then we also know that's not me doing things; it's God who is going who's working through me. That's why I love quoting. St. Philip Nera, who said, Lord, don't leave me for a moment. I can't be trusted. Oh, wonderful. Isn't that? There's so much the truth. And, you know, I've been reading a lovely little book that um, that one of my contemporaries here in the pro-life movement in, in, in Ohio gave to me. Uh, he's actually the CEO of, of uh, Ohio Right to Life. And it's, um, oh, now, now the, the name is escaping me and I don't have it in front of me, just like you with your phone. Um, but it, it, it's all about the fact that, you know, even in the dry spells, even in the dry spells, we have to keep you know, the fundamental deep knowledge of, of God in our souls, because it's in those dry moments that, that actually lots of good things happen, because that's when we, we, we recognize that we have to turn, you know, we, mm-hmm. we are nothing, exactly what you just said, we are nothing without him, we cannot be trusted without him, so it's wonderful. You, mm-hmm. you talk about um, 
how important it is, and, and you do this often, and I've heard your 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 talks, and um, how important it is that we win this abortion battle. Um, you know, you've you've al- likened it, and I mean, well, the the whole pro life battle. You know, I said right at the beginning, sister, when I was first getting involved, and in, uh, right after Roe v. Wade was had been passed, I was actually living in Africa at the time, and I remember thinking, oh my goodness, how can they do this? And then as I got more involved in it, I I kept telling everybody around me, I'm. You got to understand what this is going to mean. This is going to mean euthanasia at the end of the, if we keep going down this route, we are going to end up with with legalized euthanasia. And look what's happened. Right, it's not even legalized, but they're doing it. Yes. Um, and I'm I, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm really grateful that you have because I am working on this new battle because I lost a very dear friend who who is also a Catholic sister in St. Charles, Missouri. We have a lot of footage, video footage of her life um, weeks before she, even the day before they stopped her tube feedings. She required nutrition through a gastric feeding tube, but she was very much, she was not, um, uh, she did not have a terminal illness. She just had a chronic illness, which didn't allow her to swallow properly, but she was certainly... Uh, had many, many years to go. And uh, the hospice care, they deemed her incompetent. This is what happens. They deem you incompetent. They give you hospice care, and then they start to do the active euthanasia. So they start to decrease your tube feedings. In her case, they cut it off completely. They cut off her oxygen, and then they start to over-sedate you. And it took her four days to die. But we have a. We're going to do a movie. Chuck Neff, who did a beautiful movie called Scandal, covering the abortion issue in in St. Louis, where Catholic hospitals are referring um, mothers who have fetal ano- children with fetal anomalies to abortion mills. It's a thirty minute documentary documentary that's very powerful, and he quotes a lot of John Paul too. It's a very Catholic story, and he. Um, this host, these hospitals are Catholic-run hospitals, and the nursing home that my dear friend was in was a Catholic-run nursing home. And he, when I called him up because I saw the movie Scandal, and I said, "Mr. Neff, would you be interested in covering the other end of the life issue?" He said, "Sister, I've been praying about doing Scandal Number Two and covering euthanasia." Oh, wow. So this was my prayer. And he's actually coming next week. He's going to do some video interviews with some of us. Um, and this, the sister, uh, was, was such a beautiful soul, um, had a great love for our blessed mother and our Lord, but she happened to be with a community that's quite liberal. Um, and they did not support her at all. And there's so much to the story oh, that I, I can share you, but you should share with your viewers the, the scandal was the, I can I can um, send that message. Yes, send, to send it to me. Please do 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 yeah. so. Yes, absolutely. I'd love to get that. I'll put it up on the website, folks, so that when you, as you're listening to this, if you want to just go to the website and you'll be able to download the information. We, we, we hope to have this movie done by November of this year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And the, and the sad thing was that we reached out to the Archbishop of St. Louis, and he there were 30-plus of us calling. And even my brother, who's a bishop in Springfield, Massachusetts, called and rec- and just begged for help to stop 
this euthanasia because quite clear when you see the video footage that we have which they don't realize we have they will now they'll find out now um of her begging to come to washington to live with us um, because she was in a dumpy nursing home that did not she got maybe communion periodically she was in a it was a very dirty we actually called the adult protective services to try to to alert them about the poor standards of living of this nursing home and um we were then they ended up coming and painting and sweeping the floor but that was about it uh it's it the story is very very sad but she was the tip of the air she is the tip of the arrow of um of um of the uh of the story of the euthanasia i know what euthanasia is happening how it's how you know it's interesting you would say that i i was i got involved oh my gosh it must have been 10 years ago now but trying to stop um somebody of very very dear friends there was three or four brothers that were here in the cleveland area who were in the education um, realm and the education world and they had contacted me about um a very dear friend of theirs who was who had gone through it actually was in the process of getting her doctorate and you know similar type of story she was put into the she was she somehow or other you know was got involved with somebody who uh, was given her medical power of attorney and this woman wanted her it, it appeared to, anyway we never we weren't able to stop it but it appeared that this woman wanted the the home that this this um, par- par- paraplegic lived in and and euthanized mm-hmm. them just ba- just mm-hmm. youth and I I try, I tried the police. I called the police on them. I mean, I, I tried everything, but they think, you know, they really do think you're a bunch of nuts. I mean, they, they thought I was, I was, yeah. uh, you know, crazy, yeah. but yeah. it was, it yeah. happened. I mean, you're so, you're so yes. right. I really, I am going to pray so hard and folks out there pray for Sister Didi as she goes through this because we need these stories to be told. Absolutely. And sister, send, send me, um, it's Molly at clevelandrightslove.org, Molly at clevelandrightslove.org. Send it to me. I will put it up on the, on the website so that people can see it. I mean, honestly, this is, we have to stop this. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. God bless you for everything. Yeah, you know, so one, one more thing I have, and then, then I'm going to mm-hmm. let you go because I know you've got a busy day and I've got lots of interviews coming after this. Good, um, good. What you talk about um, the damage that has been done by this president. Could you tell us how do we walk ourselves back from this? How do we? It's, it's, um, I mean, Dobbs is a wonderful, wonderful thing that has happened. Thank you for, thank you, President Trump, for, for you know, for all of those wonderful uh, judges that were appointed. Um, but how are we going to walk ourselves back from this? Well, I think right now, um, what my, my immediate thought when you mentioned this to me uh, is we have to pray for the soul of, um, of this president and any, any public figure, anyone, but especially public figures who, Catholic figures who, uh, endorse this, um, culture of death to the extreme level where, where when he said it's a sad day that Roe v. Wade has been ter- overturned. I mean, what kind of Catholic talks that way? Exactly. So his soul is in grave danger. And and what has happened is that so many people that are not really rooted deeply in their faith, but they, they are faith-filled people. God loves them. They love God, but not to a, maybe the degree that, that others would. So they can get easily led to the feelings that um, – that, uh, Oh, he's a good Catholic, and he supports this, so therefore it should be okay. Or, for example, our uh, local Trinity 
you know, to church run by the Jesuits who had a gay pride mass. Exactly. Oh, and a bunch of us were out there praying the rosary, you know, supporting, you know, basically sodomy. Mm-hmm. Saying, so what I, I fear more of all these souls who are being misled by these other souls who are totally confused. Mm-hmm. And, and so God and our blessed mother must be weeping bitterly. Um, we, so we have to really pray for them to, so the, the next chapter of this battle is to really pray to change souls, to change hearts. To because it's really a, a battle of souls, battle to people bring to bring people back to the faith, mm-hmm. and because they're then once they get to be a part of of this battle, then we can fight the issues of of the the next chapter of looking working at the state center level of trying to um save save young you know to to be more pro life and to sort of end abortion completely um and euthanasia mm-hmm. and all those things in mm-hmm. between and mm-hmm. and the the transgender ideology the the transforming of children's bodies from male to female that whole confusion of sex all that is just the devil's tool and we have to we have to annihilate the devil from this this we have to fight it's just so much more critical it's ramping up even now with roe v wade being overturned the devil is just more po'd at us and we have to just continue to fight hard to pray 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 that's the key i think yeah, absolutely. Amen. I totally agree with you. I think we've we've got a yes. practice. Just funny this morning, I was just talking to my husband, and I said, "You know what? I was reading for, uh, First Kings. I, I read the the one year Bible, and and mm-hmm. the, and the, the you know it was, you know the, the the king understanding that he had totally you know suddenly out of the you know out of the blue sort of thing. The book, the, God's book, is found in inside the temple somewhere, and you know off off they go. They take it to the king, and the king suddenly realizes what he was doing, and he tries to turn this around. And I I said to my husband this morning, I said, you know, I am going to really pray hard for President Biden because mm-hmm. he is a Catholic. You know, he should know better. I don't know what the problems are, but I, I, I'm in the meantime, I'm still fighting him every step, I, <laughs> every way I can. But, you know, really mm-hmm. and truly, we've got, we've got to pray. We've got mm-hmm. to pray. I mean, this is, this yes. is going to be the key of, being holy with humility. I love that. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly where we've got yeah. to go. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm going to say this to you now on air publicly. If you get this beautiful, this um, movie done and ready to go, I would love to have you come as our guest to the Bringing America Back to Life convention in March of next year. And we can premiere there and have you come and do a little talk. If it's a half an hour, we normally have about 50 minutes, so it gives you time to talk. And then we we just have you as the keynote and we'd show the movie. That would be so amazing. I I would love that. Yeah, yeah. Of, of sister, it was just our way of alerting people, and then I just sent a, a clip of the movie Scandal for you. For, I sent it to I think Kate. Perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, send it to Kate. Right. Get it. Thank you so much, Sister Dee. God bless you. God bless you. Right. God bless you. Okay. Thank Take you. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you all for joining me this evening. As I say good night and God bless each and every one of you, I'd like to close with the words of the Holocaust survivor Elie Wiesel. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. Mm-hmm.
From the Median is listener supported. Visit our website, fromthemedian.org, for further information or to make a donation to continue to make this radio program possible. Email us, radionews at fromthemedian.org or call 440-668-4049. Through our fromthemedian.org website, you can download this or previous programs for your listening pleasure or sign up to receive our weekly preview of upcoming guest interviews. Tune in every weeknight at the same time to listen to another great interview on From the Median as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. This program has been sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content.